Pero antes, un mensaje de nuestros auspiciadores. Uh, credited as Ricky P. So that is one, two, three, four keyboard players on this track. Um, and I think it really shows on this one. Uh, the track itself is seven minutes, 23, or there was a single version, which was four minutes, 43. Or you could have um, the edit without the guitar solo, which had, which was four minutes, 23. Or you could have it with the guitar solo, which is also four minutes, 23. Um, <laughs> Prince obviously trying to get some chart success um, at this particular point, you know, giving out multiple edits. Um, and as we'll as we'll talk about later on, it came to nothing. And joining me to talk about it today is Michael Gormley. Hello, Michael. Hi, Darren. Now, if we were to pick a genre for this song, I think I would call it Purple Rain. <laughs> um, that, that seems fair. Genre. This is Prince... <laughs> <laughs> this is this is Prince on the final track of an album, uh, which is the title track, effectively, of the album. Obviously, you know, the track is not called The Gold Experience, um, but, you know, pretty much it is the title track. Um, and it goes on for over, over seven minutes and has a very long fade out with a kind of crowd noise into it. Um, so, you know, it is almost like a, a blueprint of what Purple Rain was, uh, but, you know, a minute shorter about that. And, um, you know, Prince is kind of... Uh, trying to put forward a central idea, you know, which I guess, you know, would kind of put it in the same kind of range as something like Paisley Park, um, you know, like where he's trying to define an idea, you know, that, that is about, um, you know, something that will kind of, or even controversy, you know, these these are things that Prince used later as titles of either, you know, his studio or his label. And with gold, it feels like, particularly at the end, where you know the 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 kind of the operator comes back and, say, and says, "Welcome to the dawn." Um, you know, that's something that Prince had put on. You know, "May You Live to See the Dawn" was a thing that Prince had put on so many kind of like album liner notes. Yeah. So you know, uh, and also this whole thing of you are now an official member of the New Power Generation as well, like you know, and the kind of the repeated na 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 na's at the end. You know, it's it really feels like he's trying to kind of combine the ideas of something like a Paisley Park, um, you know, the feel of a, you know, a Purple Rain. And the video itself as well, you know, uh, it, it's it's a performance at Paisley Park. Uh, worth noting that in the crowd, there is a sign that says Rock and Roll is Alive, um, which, you know, forms the title of the, the B-side um, for this particular single. So obviously, you know, they were kind of done at the same time. And you know, as well, the the B-side for this has this kind of sampled artificial kind of crowd noise, um, you know, which is something that Prince would, would kind of use on some of the more MPG tracks, uh, particularly on New Power Soul. It's very kind of like noticeable. Um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, I, I feel I'm sa calling it a purple rain. That's not really a genre. It's it's kind of like a ballad, but it's a ballad that has 
a kind of specific idea that Prince is trying to put across. It's a, it's a power ballad. Yeah. It, at a time when, like, that wasn't really a thing anymore. <laughs> kind of. I mean, I don't know. Bat Out of Hell 2 would come out, like, what, the year before? Or ni- late 1993, so... Yeah, that's like 91, isn't it? <laughs> uh, maybe I'm just thinking of the fact that Meatloaf had, um, I don't know, something like, uh, what was it, uh, Objects in the Rearview Mirror may appear closer than they are. That was out in, like, 95... Um, you know, obviously Celine Dion had sung a few of these kind of Jim Steinman power ballads as well. So, yeah. you know, I feel like it, it was still it was still around. It was still popular. Yeah. Um, and the single, you know, when it was released in America, it it did no business. You know, it got to, it got to number eighty eight. It dropped out after a couple of weeks. Um, you know, it did even worse in the specialist charts, which is something very rare for Prince to do worse in like the hot R and B singles than he did in the official Hot One Hundred. Mm. Um, you know, it it got to ninety two there, so it's it's barely nothing. But over here in the UK, it charted at number ten, and it was a huge success. <laughs> um, you know, that video was everywhere for a couple of months. I mean, you know, released in ni- November thirtieth, nineteen ninety five. I remember by the time we got to Christmas, it, you know, that video was still playing everywhere, and you know, it was it was relatively successful. Um, there was actually a limited edition gold CD single released in the UK. Um uh, and well, I know a friend of mine bought that that uh, that CD single. Um, so you know it's it's like you know it's it's like a you know it was obviously popular over here. Um, but you know it did not do very well in America in terms of its sharp performance. Um, you know and yeah. you know from 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 like um you know like seven months down the line from here you get the release of Dinner with Dolores and basically Prince is kind of finished with Warner Brothers so we're basically at the very end of like you know Prince and and the Warner Brother contract um you know by the time by the time you get to a year after this you know Prince has got emancipation out and you know he's completely moved on um so but you know let's let's talk about you know prince's attempt to recreate purple rain mm. um with some kind of very high you know very kind of highfalutin lyrics as he says there's a mountain and it's mighty high you cannot see the top unless you fly um there's a molehill of proven ground there ain't nowhere to go if you hang around and then we get the chorus uh you know everyone wants to sell what's already been sold sold everybody wants to tell what's already been told told uh what's the use of money if you ain't gonna break the mold uh even at the center of fire there is cold now interestingly enough that is correct uh if you if you if anyone ever remembers um you know doing any kind of science lessons if you had like a bunsen burner and you turn the flame blue by letting in more oxygen the center of that flame would actually be quite cold uh, but obviously the around it, you know, would be quite hot. Uh, you know, a red flame is hot, but a blue flame in the middle is very cold. So Prince, obviously remembering something from science lessons. Um, and then, of course, he says, all that glitters ain't... The Mythbusters rank that accurate, or... No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or... Plot plausible, that was there. <laughs> uh, so all that glitters ain't gold. All that glitters ain't gold. Yeah. So, I mean... You know the chorus itself. I mean, I don't know what I don't know what he's trying to say when he says everybody wants to sell what's already been sold. I mean, I guess maybe this is a shot t- at eBay that he's taking here early on. Um, I don't know. Everyone wants to tell what's already been told. Uh, maybe that's a shot at, like gossip magazines or something. Um, and and I again, what's the use of money if you ain't going to break the mold? I don't. I'm not quite. I mean, the double negative in there actually means that Prince is saying the opposite. But still, it's I, I don't, I'm not quite sure what he's kind of saying about that. Um, you know, and, and then of course, you know, all that glitters ain't gold, which, you know, again, uh, you know, Prince quoting Shakespeare for the first time, I feel, 
Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think that um, I don't think that we've had that previous to now where Prince has actually uh, uh, quoted a, a line of Shakespeare. Mm. You know, the idea that that Prince is 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 trying to get across here is is that he's you know he's still um, I don't know I guess he's trying to say that he's still vital. Um, you know, and he's going to break the mold again. I feel like the 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 what's the use of money is maybe a shot at the Warner Brothers contract. You know, and the, you know something obviously that was popular at this time for Prince to do was to keep constantly take shots at Warner Brothers. Mm. Um, and it feels like you know he's saying to Warner Brothers, "There's no point having tons of money if you're not going to kind of keep you know kind of uh, reinventing yourself or you know doing interesting work." And, and it's not just a shot at Warner's. That feels like it's also a shot at the other artists that are on Warner Brothers. Yeah. That maybe got big contracts at this particular time and might be outselling him at present well it might be yeah um i'd say i mean like i like the opening kind of verse it doesn't really say very much you know there's a mountain it's high you know you're a flight to see the top um i mean i don't know what there's a molehill of proven ground means but you know like this idea of things being tall and things being low you know it's it's a it's a kind of simple uh kind of contrast thing to do um, and then, of course, Prince gives us a second verse. There's an ocean of despair. Uh, there are people living there. They're unhappy each and every day. And I love the way he sings unhappy, by the way, because he says they're unhappy. <laughs> it's, it's like a really weird kind of way for him to sing it um, each and every day. But hell is not the fashion. So what are you are trying to say? And then we go back to the chorus. Um and I'm again, I'm you know, I'm not quite sure what an ocean of despair and how people can be living there. I mean, that doesn't really make any sense, but I guess that fits with the whole, you know, there's a mountain. So it seems like he's, you know, maybe going for geographical features in this song as like a theme. Um, I'm not quite sure. I mean, let's put it like this. It's not as, it's not as catchy as I never meant to cause you any sorrow. I never meant to cause you any pain, is it? Um, you know, uh, and and then, you know, he, he talks about, and uh, this is probably my favorite thing on the entire album where he says, there's a lady, 99 years old. If she led a good life, heaven takes a soul. Now that's a theory, and if you don't want to know, step aside and make a way for those who want to go. So now, I mean, I don't know if he's taking a shot there at evolutionary theory or what's going on with the word theory, or as he sings it, theory. Mm. Um, you know, but I mean, the idea of like here's this ninety-nine-year-old woman, and if she's led a good life, she'll get to heaven. But maybe she hasn't. <laughs> maybe this is an evil ninety-nine-year-old, and she's going to hell. Um, <laughs> also a theory. <laughs> I just kind of like the implication there. Theory, excuse yes, me. Yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, theory as well. I mean, I just like the implication there that maybe if she's not a good person, she'd be going to hell. Uh, I don't know. It's just a fun idea, uh, but yeah. And then obviously we go to the chorus again. But you know, in, I mean, I started doing the little echoes earlier, but you know, we get the souls told, and then of course this is where Prince changes it and says, "What's the use of being young if you ain't going to get old?" Even at the centre of fire, there is cold. Cold? All that glitters. Glitters ain't gold. And then this is when we start to kind of get to the, you know, all that glitters ain't gold. And then we get the na 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 uh, Gold. na 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 And that's kind of how the rest of the song goes. There's a lot of na 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 And then we have this kind of the sound of this crowd being brought in. And then we kind of go to a very, very long fade out. Um, you know, much like Purple Rain did. And then, you know, we also get the, uh, you are now an official member of the new power generation. Welcome to the dawn. Um, and then we kind of get that all that glitters ain't gold. Well, actually, I say I say it like that, but what, how he sings it is all that glitters ain't gold. Um, and so you, so you kind of get that repeated and looped to the very end. 
uh, with the echoes of gold. So, you know, like all my favourite songs, the title of it is the last word that you hear when he just says gold. But it's on that fade out with the na 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 nas going on as well. Uh, and in the video, you know, you have the, the band dressed with the, the you know, the, the black MPG um, T-shirts. You've got um, Prince with his gold guitar, you know, shaped like a symbol. He's also got gold glitter on his face and the stage is covered in glitter. And at one point, Michael B hits a symbol and there's glitter flying off yeah. it. And I'm thinking, oh, that must have been terrible to try and clean all that up afterwards. <laughs> Um, you know, I I can only guess that they were finding. They all inhaled too much of it. it was terrible. <laughs> it's like it was <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does remind me a little bit of um, of um, Tobias in uh, in Arrested Development, where he's covered with the, uh, the diamond dust. <laughs> yes. and he, he has to go to the ER because he, he may have inhaled too much of it. Mm. Yeah. So it just uh, the video itself, you know, it's just a kind of simple performance. Um, you know, Prince obviously he's got slave on his cheek. Yeah. He's got the little wavy like mustache thing going on. Um, you know, and a security you know, detail which I love. <laughs> there's just like a security <laughs> yeah. guard like stood next to him, like at attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of Maite dancing around. There's people who've got the you know these black tambourines which have the gold um, Prince logo on them. Um, you know, so basically, you know, there's a lot of the Prince symbol. I think even the stage might be, it's a runway certainly, but it looks like it might have been kind of almost fashioned. So it looks like a Prince symbol, Mm -hmm. Um, but we just don't have the circle at the top to be able to make it out. Um, yeah. And you know, the band are all performing covered in glitter. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to guess for the next couple of years, there was glitter everywhere all over Paisley park. Uh, the amount that's in this video, um, you know, and as as the video finishes, there's like a rain of glitter as well, um, and the members of the crowd are like reaching out to touch Prince, um, <laughs> which I've got to say, I'm very jealous of anyone who you know must have lived in the Twin Cities and must have seen like notices for Prince needs extras in a video, <laughs> uh, because I can only imagine that happened quite frequently. And you know, you get to be as close to Prince as I think you're ever going to be. Um, there is yeah, one or so, two and... cuts to like a very like midwestern looking dude who's just like smiling. There is like, oh, this is a pleasant experience. <laughs> In uh, yeah, I just love those <laughs> those brief cuts in that video. But yeah, so you know, I I think in terms of like you know final tracks, um, you know, I I think I, I mean I don't know if I would say this is as good as as Purple Rain. I don't think I could say it's as good as Purple Rain simply because, um, you know, even though it performed well as a single over here, obviously Purple Rain was you know a huge hit, mm. uh, and everyone knows the words to Purple Rain, and I I don't think everyone knows the words to Gold. <laughs> but you know, I, like, <laughs> um. And also in terms of like final tracks, just thinking, you know, the last kind of few albums before this, uh, obviously a better final track than Orgasm, let's put it like that. But, you know, Rock Hard in a Funky Place, uh, I think that's probably, you know, a more memorable kind of end to an album, you know, or, uh, you know, uh, The Sacrifice of Victor, you know, I think that's maybe a slightly better song than this. You know, if I was going to give it a rating, I would have to say maybe, I mean, maybe four out of five, but possibly edging down to three and a half out of five. Uh, just depending on how I feel, you know. I mean, when I when I bought this album on cassette many many years ago, and I I also bought the um, you know, the single of of gold as well. You know, I think I I remember listening to the song quite a lot. But if I'm gonna listen to the gold album now, um, you know, I don't I don't really listen to this track that much. And if I do listen to it, I certainly don't get all the way to the the you know the end of the seven minutes of mm. fade out. You know, it it tends to just be one of those tracks that you know I I think is pleasant enough, but. 
Um, you know, on this album, I, I feel like there's at least four or five of the songs that I, I enjoy a lot more. Yeah, four out of five this. I mean, obviously he wasn't going to write Purple Rain again, but I think he came as close as he could have been expected to in the 90s. You know, I love it. I like how its production is, you know, big and sweeping for this big sweeping album. It has like these big keyboards that sound like gold, and, you know, in addition to all the like glitter sound effects that are also in the track. And yeah. Yeah, I I mean it's a, it's cut it's kind of a cheeseball song and like in the hands of like Chicago or Journey this would be like insufferable, but I think that it's Prince that just you know that puts it over the top and like makes it work. Yeah, I mean, I I think as well. Yeah, there are I mean the fact that you've got Tommy Barbarella, Michael Hayes, uh, sorry, Michael Mr. Hayes and Ricky P like all adding more keyboards to a track that already has, you know, probably Prince playing keyboards as well. Uh, you know, and I do also like the bass, you know, I think Sonny T does some nice stuff mm. uh, in there. And, you know, Michael B's drums are really solid as well. Like I said, you know, it's like a, it's a really well-produced song. But the fact that Prince, before it even came out, he was, you know, obviously while he was on tour holding the album hostage and, you know, threatened to never release it, he kept talking this up as being <laughs> like the new Purple Rain. And I don't think he was ever going to be mm. able to match those heights. I mean, let's put it like this. If I was to pick a song to class as The New Purple Rain, I would say that Adore from the end of Sign of the Times is The New Purple Rain. Like, that's about as good as you're going to get in terms of, like, sure. in, you know, a finished song. In fact, I would even say that, you know, uh, Temptation is, is you know, is eight minutes of Prince kind of, you know, going crazy and, you know, really... So, so there are other songs from the 80s that are probably the, you know, The New Purple Rain. Uh, were you ever to want to apply this label. So I don't think the new Purple Rain would ever really apply to Gold. But yeah, so, I mean, mm. you know, I, I feel like Prince, you know, he, he obviously, with Gold experience, the fact that the MPG operator keeps bloody interrupting things every five minutes to tell me stuff, um, mm. you know, he obviously had a kind of an idea of what this album was going to be. And I, I feel like, you know, this kind of marks the last time that Prince tried this. Um, you know, like you, you had um, Symbol, which was kind of a, you know, not a concept album, but sort of with the whole kind of storyline, which was later on the, you know, Three Chains of Gold VHS. Um, you know, you also had Come, which had, you know, the lapping waves, which kept reoccurring and, you know, was started in the title track and then paid off in Orgasm, you know. And with this as well, you have, you know, the MPG operator keeps telling, coming in and out to talk about, as if this is... I mean, you know, obviously there was a, a CD-ROM, you know, called Interactive, um, you know, that had various videos from this time period. And it's almost like the MPG operator is is acting as some kind of like, um, you know, computer option menu between each song. And you're having to pick what the next yeah. song is. But obviously you have no choices. So you always just listen to the album. Um, but again, it seems like Prince. Ironically, the NPG operator compares it to Housequake. Out of like what? It doesn't sound like Housequake at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> or sexy MF. Like what? <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, yeah. So, but see, but at least it seems like Prince had an overall idea of you know like the, a, a kind of um, not a concept, but at least a, a kind of a unifying theme to the album. And I feel like after this, you know, after mm. those three albums where he kind of tried that, um, you know, there are certain themes on each of the, the discs of Emancipation, but there's nothing explicitly linking them together. Um, you know, the, it's just collections of songs that, you know, magically turn out to be 60 minutes um, per disc. Um, you know, and and then from then on, you know, you have stuff like Crystal Ball or, you know, you have stuff like 3121 or, you know, Raven to the, the Joy Fantastic. And again, there's no real kind of, you know, overall theme to those, they they seem more to be just like collections of songs that Prince, you know, happened to have and put out at that particular time. 
Um, you know, and even something as disparate as Old Friends for Sale, you know, which is literally just Warner Brothers dredging the vault and just picking some songs and putting them together. Um, you know, it seems like after trying the idea of like a concept, Prince kind of stopped doing that from from now on. This is kind of the last time that he tried out a, a kind of unifying concept for an album, uh, apart from uh, Rainbow Children. Um, but you know that has a that has a very speci- kind of very explicit and specific theme, and that is Prince has just become a Jehovah's Witness. Um, you know, so it's not really a concept album so much as all the songs have a a, a kind of particular religious influence on them. Um, but this this to me feels like the last time Prince tried this of like you know having an opening song that did this and having you know these these tracks of the singles and this is you know this is a big finish you know like it seemed like he he had an idea for what this album was going to be you know and then he toured it for nineteen months and then eventually released it um, so by that point I, I'm not saying that the concept felt stale but I'm sure by the time this came out Prince was kind of bored of playing these songs over and over again on tour. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's an interesting album because, you know, just the, the kind of the whole, the fact that he publicized it as an album that would never be released. And, you know, this was, this was like the biggest pawn that he had in his dispute with Warner brothers, you know, the, the kind of the, the idea that he would tour this album forever and ever, and he would never release it. Like that was, that was kind of his big move, um, you know, against Warner brothers. And they kind of blinked because they were like, okay, release this and one more album. We'll let you out the contract. And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what he did. And obviously, you know, the next thing we hear after the title track for gold, the next, the next track you hear is the title track for chaos and disorder, you know, which is, you know, a contractual obligation that, that did manage to get Prince out of his contract. Um, you know, and, and then obviously we get emancipation. Uh, which I would say, actually, you know, if you're looking for a Purple Rain 2, you know, the final track of Emancipation, it, it, it feels like it has a, a, a kind of a more, you know, a more coherent idea of what Prince is trying to say, uh, which is basically, I've just got out my record contract um, and I'm going to release whatever I want. <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously we'll talk about that once we get to Emancipation. Um, I feel like I sh- it shouldn't go, you know, it should go without saying, but nobody's covered this track that I could find. Um, so, <laughs> so um, and obviously Prince performed it, you know, for mostly the gold tour um, and, you know, the live experience. He brought it back a little bit in 2011, 2012, but mostly it was, you know, 1994, 95, 96, and then he kind of stopped playing it, um, you know. But uh, I guess if you've got a track that has four keyboard players, there's only so many times you can perform that live um, <laughs> and kind of accurately get a reflection of it. We're losing millions on keyboardists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, I feel like we said about as much as we can about gold. And, you know, I think I, I've, I've covered quite, you know, comprehensively the gold experience. Uh, so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Michael? I'm at Mike Gormley on Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Trap by Track, or you could follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast, or you could email us, not sure why you would, at PrinceTrapByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Michael. Thanks for having me, Darren. And otherwise, you are now a member You are now an official member of the new power generation. Welcome to the dawn. Welcome to the dawn.